welcome back to another episode of Off the Court Health. Just reminding everyone that we are a mental health movement and bettering athletes' lives through bettering their lives off the court, through proper recovery, nutrition, talking about mental health, bringing people on to talk about their stories and their struggles, and how they have overcome them in order to help you in your same situation. Uh, today we have Dalton Solbrig. Dalton Solbrig is a volleyball player who is currently playing professionally in Germany. He played four years at the University of Hawaii at Manoa while studying marine biology. Dalton is from a small town in the north suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. We have him on the podcast today to talk a bit about his struggles of being a professional volleyball player in a foreign country and how not only that affects mental health, but also to push through it. Dalton Solbrig, take us away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Um, yeah, James did a great job introducing me there. Um, and yeah, I, I'll jump right into it. I, uh, if if anybody follows um, Hawaii Volleyball or NCAA Volleyball, they'll know that um, I played at the University of Hawaii uh, for four years. But I'll kind of pick up my story after senior year ends. Um, I think that's a good place to start for me and um, jumping into my professional career. So um, pretty much right after the end of the season, I got myself an agent uh, through one of my assistant coaches, and I won't um, say the name of that that agent on the podcast, but um, he basically gave me a contract. He just sent me a contract to sign to go play in Romania. I remember that. Dalton's Um, uh, signing story was pretty intense four months in the summer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I sign pretty much a few days before graduation, and the what ended up happening was that team basically just said we're going to cut the men's volleyball. Um, it was a really big athletic uh, club in Romania, in the capital city, um, and they just—I don't know—they had financial issues, and they said, "Yeah, we're not going to have a team." So I was sitting there, beginning of August. This was um, supposed to leave. I was—I was supposed to have left already, and my agent tells me hey you, like you don't have a contract anymore okay well that's <laughs> that's not good and then you know there I just had a bunch of problems with that agent um, a lot of miscommunication stuff I didn't really feel I didn't feel educated on anything I didn't really feel um, secure in anything I it wasn't that I didn't have any trust I think it was just a lack of communication I didn't I didn't know what was going on um, so that was a big stressor for me and I ended up actually going with a different agent. Her name is Kiara. I'll say her name on the podcast because she's freaking best. Um, and so she kind of reached out to me. She represents a, a couple of other U.S. players. Um, and she said, like, are you, you don't have a contract anywhere? And I was like, no, like my contract just fell through. I don't have anything. And she said, okay, just give me a couple days. And I mean, like overnight, she had emailed like every team in Europe. It was crazy. Like she's she has a ton of connections and she just went to work for, I mean, at this point I hadn't even signed with her. So she basically was doing this totally for free. Um, and so I, I owe her a lot. So she ended up actually finding me a contract to play in Estonia. I signed that contract two days later. They said, yeah, we decided not to go with you. They decided to sign some other player. So I'm like, Oh, like, this sucks. Like at this point I'm thinking, yeah, I'm probably not going to get to play this year or, you know, 
there was the possibility that somebody gets injured and I get to jump on a team in that way. Um, but finally, luckily, this team in Croatia, small town in southern Croatia, they said, yeah, we would like to sign and we don't have any money. Like, we can pay for his apartment, we can pay for his food, we can give him a little bit of salary, but, you know, we can't, we can't give him that much money. And I, I mean, for me, it was a no-brainer. You know, this was something I wanted to do. I figured I just have to start playing. If I work my ass off, I can get, I can, you know, get to bigger and better teams, get to more and money. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of the, the, the beginning part. Um of getting my first professional contract. And so there was already all that initial stress of two contracts falling through, knowing that I'm show, first of all, showing up late to Croatia, the team had already been training for a month and a half. So how far since graduation to this point are we until you finally got that contract? So I got, ended up signing that contract, I think beginning of September. And I ended up not even getting there until almost to the end of September. And I remember that I was there. I was there for one week before our first like official game. <laughs> so I pretty much had to jump right in. I was like, okay, like, here we go. Like, this is it. Um, so I had all that stresses. Um, I actually just ended a relationship at this time too. So that was another part that, you know, was weighing down. Um, but overall, the experience in Croatia was really great. Um, I had a nice apartment. I had really good food. Um, but I was actually the only foreign player on that team. And only, I think, maybe three or four guys on that team spoke, like, decent English. Um, so it was tough. I mean, I really felt, like, completely alone. I didn't have any people, like, with a strong connection to me. Um, you know, I'm in a different country. Like I said, I don't, I don't speak Croatian. Um, my teammates don't speak the best English. Normal people just every day walking around don't speak English. Um, and I kind of found myself in a slump for a little while where I would go to training in the morning, I would come home and I'd watch Netflix. And then I would go to training in the evening, and then I would come home and watch Netflix. And that was kind of just what I did every single day. Um, and then come February, it's, uh, it's kind of that time to start looking for a new club. Um, and I had always really wanted to play in Germany. You know, there's a lot of really cool clubs to play there. Um, I learned a little bit of German when I was in high school, so I had that uh, that connection to my past. Um, and it's just a, it's a great league for young players to go and grow. And luckily, in Croatia, I, we played in the CEV Challenge Cup, and we ended up playing against Milano. And if you're a avid volleyball fan, you'll know that Milano's one of the better teams in Italy A1, which is arguably the best professional league. Um, and I played really well in those matches and that kind of saved my ass because I had those good matches against a really good team to kind of show other teams like, okay, this is the level that I can play at. Um, and this process was super frustrating too, because, you know, I had five or six teams in Germany, basically just like, look at my, look at my height and say, no, he's too small. Like we don't want him. We want somebody like above 200 centimeters and I'm like 198. Um, so that was really frustrating. I was like, come on, like I can play, you know, like I'm, I know that I'm a little bit smaller than these other guys, but I can, can do That's stuff that they can't. And... Yeah. Six, six. Best six, six. Six, six. Yeah. So they're looking for somebody six, eight, six, eight and up. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, the, the coach that I'm playing under now 
reached out to me and he said, you know, I really like everything you're doing. You're like an interesting player. You know, he said that I reminded me, I reminded him a lot of himself when he was a player. And I was like, yes, like this is, this is freaking great. Like I can, and I remember <laughs> I was had those conversations with my agent. She's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've got this contract. It's up to you if you want to wait at all. And I said, no, like I'm signing it now. Like let's Seize do it now. I'm not waiting at all. Yeah. I was like, for sure. I'm not waiting on this. Uh, so I ended up signing for two years. So I'll be back in the same club again here next year. Um, and talking about like that kind of slump I was in earlier, this was kind of a turning point for me. You know, I kind of had that thought that this is kind of like the breaking point. This is the turning point in this crap that I've had thus, thus far. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I started listening to podcasts. I started reading. I started doing my own research on my body for mobility and recovery and that kind of thing. Um, and then <laughs> just to add on to it, you know, COVID-19 hits another, another smack to the face. You know, the season gets cut short. Um, I actually ended up having a bunch of problems with, like, I wasn't even sure if I'd be able to get a flight home. I almost got stuck in Croatia for, for God knows how long. Um, and then I, so I ended up coming home and I said, okay, well now I have to train. How am I going to train when everything's closed? And if you follow me on Instagram, I built a gym in my backyard. So that was pretty sweet. Um, yeah. And, and just finding like little ways to just improve myself over the summer when it was kind of not a normal training schedule, you know, and, and all athletes out there know that the off season, the summer is, man, that's the time you can really grind and to have like no place to train over the summer was, I mean, it was tough. Um, and then <laughs> this is where the, uh, the injuries, the injuries kind of started for me. Um, I played in Wapaka, which is a grass volleyball tournament in, um, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I ended up breaking my ankle. It was an avulsion, avulsion fracture. So it's like a, just a really bad sprain, but there was a fracture. It's when your tendon um, that attaches to the bone pulls that slight spur of the bone off. For those people that yeah, do not know what an avulsion fracture is, Dr. Learned. Dr. Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's essentially it's essentially an ankle sprain, but instead of a ligament or a tendon tearing, it just the bone comes off. Um, so I'm like, well, shit. Like, man, I finally got this contract to Germany, and now I have to sit out for the first like six to eight weeks. So yeah, I spent those first weeks rehabbing before I could even get on the court. You know, I finally got back to, I would say maybe 90%. I still don't think I got all the way back to um, 100%. Um, and then I got sick twice in one month. So I was out for total about another month and ended up missing, I think three games because of that. Then I had a back injury. <laughs> Missed another game, missed another week of training. And then I finally, I mean, I finally got on the court. I played some like really good matches. I was really feeling good. And then come, I don't know, maybe beginning of December, I started just having some pain in my, in my right ankle. And it kind of just felt like a little bit of tendonitis at first. And then it kind of just kept getting worse and worse and worse as the time went on. And you know, I was basically just drugging myself to practice. You know, I was taking like a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen before every training, which is not healthy. Not healthy. <laughs> James will tell you that's not good for you. But no, at this you point, I'm like, doing that. You know, the second half of the season's about to start, and I'm like, I'm and at, and at that point, I'm 
you know, breaking into the starting lineup. And so in my mind, I'm like, I got to take care of this. Like I got to, you know, I have to train. Um, but, you know, it got to the point where, you know, even the ibuprofen wasn't really working. Um, and so I went to get an MRI and they, yeah, they told me I had to get surgery. I had um, a problem with the, the cartilage in my right ankle. It was basically just deteriorating similar to kind of like a, like an arthritic type of condition. So I ended up having to get surgery. Um, so another smack to the face. And at this point I'm like, Oh, like, come on. Like, you know, I'm just having those feelings like, you know, why me? Like, why is all this stuff happening to me? Like, why can't I just have a season, like one season where I don't have any contract problems. I don't have any injuries. I don't have anything like that. Um, and so at this point, you know, I had the option to go home and do the surgery or stay here and do the surgery. And I think one of the things that actually really helped me mentally was deciding to stay here with the team. So I decided to get the surgery here in Germany. I'm currently two weeks left of wearing a boot and being on crutches. And then I can finally start my, my rehab. But, you know, I, I decided to stay. And obviously my role on the team changed a lot. Um, but in my mind, I could still have a positive impact on the season. I could still help the guys win, even if it's, you know, a tiny bit, even if it's just having my energy at practice, having my energy at games. Um, and, you know, my teammates and coaches were a huge help, you know, driving me places, helping me, like, get food on road trips. And, you know, my coaches are always checking in with me. My agents always checking in with me. Um, and then, yeah, I talk a little bit about the the wall and uh it it was about two weeks two weeks after the surgery so about two weeks ago today and yeah I just woke up one day and I just had like all these feelings of you know just doubt negativity about everything and you know I had that feeling like oh, it doesn't matter what I do right now it doesn't really matter what I eat it doesn't really matter how good I sleep like I'm out for the rest of the season like it doesn't really matter. Luckily for me, it only lasted about two days <laughs> until I was like, all right, time to get this shit together. And, uh, you know, I think that was a big part of it. Um, some days I would wake up and I'm like, let's get after it. Let's go do something. Let's go do some meditation, some mindfulness. Let's go do some upper body. Let's go do some mobility. Let's go to physio. And some days, you know, you wake up and you're just like, I don't really feel like getting out of bed today. Like I just, this sucks. Like I can't, I can't practice. I can't train. I can't play volleyball. I can't do my job. And you kind of feel like nothing's going right. Um, but you know, I'm really glad I, I kind of got out of that. I think now I'm pretty consistent having a, a really positive attitude. And um, yeah, now my focus is just rehabbing for next season. So you said you talked about hitting a wall, but it only lasted about two days. And then you're just like, all right, it's time to get my shit together. Was there something specific that happened that kind of helped you get out of that phase or that slump? Like what, what motivated you to switch, switch gears? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that like couple days kind of came out of nowhere. I think like surprisingly for myself, the first two weeks. So, I mean, like right out of the surgery, like right out of the gate, I'm like, it's going to be fine. Like I'm going to, I'm going to rehab hard. I'm going to come back better. Like I'm going to do everything it takes. Um, and then, I, you know, just one morning I'm just like, I wake up and I'm like, 
you know, F this, you know, <laughs> like, why am I doing all this stuff when I'm out for the rest of the season? And I think to get out of it, honestly, like after those two days, the next morning I woke up and during those two days, you know, mentally I was feeling terrible. But then after those few days of that, I was physically feeling terrible. Like, I, you know, I wasn't sleeping good. I was eating like crap and, you know, I didn't exercise at all. Like, I mean, upper body, anything like I just laid in bed and sat at practice and did nothing. And, you know, then I kind of had those thoughts, like, even if you're out for the season, even if I was done for my career, you know, God forbid that ever happens to me or anybody, like, it's still my health that comes first. You know, I can't just say, oh, like, I'm done playing volleyball, like, I'm going to throw all this away. Like, I've been a healthy person for so long, I'm not just going to throw it away for that, <laughs> you know, and so... That day, I pretty I wrote my own workout program. You know, I started eating better. I started tracking my calories again. Um, I started prioritizing sleep, getting on a better sleep schedule, and and I kind of really leaned on that new role that I had on my team. You know, just being there and being there for the guys, and kind of being like showing them like that I'm positive because I think that 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 they can feed off of that too. You know, yeah, that's awesome. So you kind of mentioned about. You know, God forbid, if this would be a career-ending injury and like athletics gets stripped away from you, um, what what would that mean to you if you weren't an athlete anymore? I mean, it would suck. It would. Absolutely <laughs> suck. I've been an athlete my whole life. You yeah. know, I grew up playing little league. I grew up playing basketball. I grew up and then started playing volleyball. You know, sports. I, I love watching sports. Like sports are a huge part of my life and man, I love, I love being an athlete. You know, I love being healthy. I love working out. I love eating healthy. I love all this stuff about being an athlete and for that to come to an end. I mean, already like this frustration and, um, from just having my season cut short was almost overwhelming. I couldn't imagine, you know, done for your career. That would be terrible. Yeah, I could. I, I mean, I definitely feel you with that because I decided to just stop volleyball after COVID happened. I didn't take my COVID year back with the team, but I'm still sticking around. So it's nice still being a part of it. It motivates me to keep working out at least and all that kind of stuff. But it's great. And I'm going to throw you a little curveball of a question because this is one thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately. What about being an athlete has helped you or do you think will help you in the future? Um, when it comes to your real life, having a regular job or whatever you do choose to do in the future, how do you think being an athlete and gaining certain skills will help you later on? And what part of your athlete mentality will carry with you? Oh, I mean, I think there's tons, tons of crossovers between, you know, carrying over, for example, being an athlete to a regular job, you know, there's not many solo jobs in the world. You're going to have a boss, you're going to have coworkers, you're going to have subordinates. Like being a part of a team is it's it's going to be the case for just about anywhere you go, anything you do. So I think that aspect of it um and then I think just like being a hard worker, I think and being um being confident in your own abilities, um understanding that like you can't just show up and expect to get paid, 
You know, I think that's the case for volleyball. That's the case for any professional sport. It's the case for any job. You can't just show up and not do the work. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. So it seems like you've been going through a lot ever since, uh, you know, you left UH and even your time at UH was never easy. If you kind of want to touch up on that, how you came into UH and where you started as a role on the team and where you ended. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about that experience. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to hear about it because that's going to lead to my next question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of didn't really expect to get recruited by Hawaii in all honesty. You know, I was kind of expect, you know, I was looking at some D3 schools, some D, some division one schools in the Midwest. Um, but then kind of out of nowhere, like Hawaii was like, yeah, we want you to come here. And I was like, okay, <laughs> coming. Um, and so I actually started as um, an op opposite slash outside hitter. And I get to Hawaii and, you know, the season's like about to start. And we had, I think, two middles from the year before quit. And then Pat broke his leg. And so, you know, one day Charlie, the head coach, called me up to his office and said, can you play middle? And I was like, I mean, do I get to be on like the travel roster if I do? And he's like, yep. And I was like, all right, then I can play middle. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. You know, I was like, for me, it was no question. You know, I know a lot of guys um, will say, you know, like you got to stick to your position, you know, be confident in, the, in your own skills. For me at that point, I was like, I want to get on the court. Like, I don't care. I'll play a freaking libero if I have to get, <laughs> if that's what it takes to get on the court. Like, you know, I think that was a no brainer for me. And yeah, first two years at Hawaii, didn't really see the court much. Um, and I just pretty much dedicated myself to, to the weight room, getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um, and then, yeah, junior season, you know, I kind of had a, I think a breakout season. I think that a lot of guys on our team did, I think, you know, especially playing with like Joe Worsley and we had a really great connection from, from the jump and yeah. So I kind of did all that. And to be honest, I, I had no, I mean, every kid that's an athlete wants to play professional sports. Right. But, you know, school was always more important to me. I never really was like. I never showed up to Hawaii my freshman year and I was like, you know, I'm going to play pro. That thought didn't really pop into my head until senior year. You know, I was like, senior year, I'm, like, I'm having a pretty good season. Team's having a pretty good season. Like, I, yeah, I think I could do this. And, and I did. So obviously it's never been easy for you to get to where you are. And it seems like you've had a lot of like bumps along the road and a couple like roadblocks you had to get through. Um, so what's like the most difficult aspect of all the experiences you've had? Ooh, that's a good question. I think for me, I think learning from them, honestly, because, you know, I'm not going to, I can't sit here and say that I've had more negative experiences than the next athlete. Like I, I don't know that, you know, but the, the best that I can do is take those experiences that I've experiences that I've had and make something out of them, you know, like try to get better out of them. Um, and so, yeah, I think that if, if it's really something that you want to do and for me, it was then like, it, it doesn't matter what happens. Like you can push through it. Like 
passion and hard work can overcome anything, in my opinion. Uh, really true. Uh, do you think that you had having gone into all those experiences, you came out of them a lot stronger than you were before going into it, mentally or physically? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, starting with that in Hawaii, you know, those first two years not getting on the court, that kind of showed me like, hey, you know, you got to like improve your athleticism if you want to do anything. And so that was a big one for me. And and I think it was also good to have that um, that experience of being on the bench for two years, kind of learning to that, you know, junior year comes around and I get to start. I had a lot of appreciation for it. You know, I didn't take any game. I didn't take any training for granted. I was like, you know, two years into making and I'm finally here. Like, you know, I, I had such a big appreciation for it. And uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I looking back on my college career, I think mentally I was pretty strong. You know, I, I don't think I really had any problems with it per se, you know, um, you know, maybe here and there, but nothing that I can really clearly remember. And so I didn't really have those experiences until I started my professional career. Yeah, that's good. Um, if you could go back and change anything, would you change anything that you chose to do along your path? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the big themes I think that we've been covering a lot is kind of your identity as an athlete, um, and so I think I really wish I would have picked up like some hobbies or some some stuff to do away from sports a little bit earlier. You know, I I talked a little bit about being in that in that slump of just coming home and watching Netflix for hours on end every single day. Um, had I you know picked up a freaking book or like started a podcast or you know started listening to a podcast like from the get-go i think i would have been a lot happier i think it would have helped me a ton um so yeah i think going back i would take care of my life take care of my life off the court oh, a little yeah, bit better sure. that's what we're about that's what we're about that's what we're trying to educate yeah. people on hop on it early and then obviously i'm gonna hit you with our favorite quote of hawaii would you wish you would have started getting stronger, working out a little more, taking your nutrition um, a little more seriously earlier? We always talk about treat your freshman year like it's your senior year. Absolutely, dude. I mean, I was very happy that, you know, I kind of had a, a pretty significant role on the team right away as the, you know, third slash fourth middle those first two years. But... I think a redshirt year would have been kind of nice to be honest, you know, just like a year to just grind in the gym and just become a better athlete overall. Um, but I think, yeah. Hop on that train early. <laughs> I for sure would have. It's I something mean, to think the, really weird about mentally, but it's just like really treating every season like it's your last. How much would you change? Yeah, no, it's a great point. And Having that mentality. And I think, yeah, and I think it is crazy how, you know, once I started doing my own research, like once I became a professional athlete on nutrition, recovery, fitness, how simple, like most of it is really. I mean, it's, it, 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 I wasn't educated and it would have been very easy for me to have been educated from like the start of my freshman year to know how to eat for my goals to know how to, you know, recover better, to know how to work out and, you know, 
program myself a workout and I know all that stuff now and I'm like damn if I knew this when I was a freshman that freaking would have been a beast yeah exactly <laughs> and so okay here this will bring me to another good question so do you think that you've maximized a lot more taking care of everything off the court onto the court compared to oh, yeah, when you absolutely. are taking it so serious absolutely I mean it's it's a direct correlation for sure and I think anybody that has all that stuff under control will tell you the same thing um, you know you for example, doing like a mindfulness practice. Let's say you just like chill out, meditate for a couple minutes before you go and train or before to a game. You can, you, it's so much easier to focus. It's so much easier to like be aware of your own feelings and thoughts and, and kind of push them away for when you train, which I think is important. And, and on the nutrition side of it, I mean, it was night and day, you know, going from seeing this, like random diet fad on Instagram to just go into the basics, just track your calories and eat more than you burn if you want to put muscle on. And then, and it was life. I mean, it was a game changer for me this summer. You know, I, I got in really, really good shape. Unfortunately, I, you know, I got injured, but, um, yeah, I think it's such a huge impact. And I think having all that stuff off the court, like your, your off the court life under control, it drastically improves your performance like night and day that's awesome and it's something that i could definitely not agree with more um we don't really th i mean if we all think about it we only spend about two and a half to three hours tops at the professional and collegiate level you're spending that much time on the court but like even at club level you're only about an hour and a half so what are you doing with the other 22 and a half hours in your day you know that's a lot of time to improve on yourself and to help you just get better overall as a person, as an athlete, as son, a daughter, you know, it's super important to take care of all that stuff. So I'm glad that you've got on that. And I feel like you have a lot of knowledge to help educate a lot of people. And that's what we're planning to do on this show. So that'll bring me to my next question. What advice would you give to someone that may be struggling mentally or maybe going through some kind of mental health illness um, or that's going through an injury and just like feels super down right now. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I think it's really important to say if you're severely depressed, severely anxious, anything like that, see a professional, like seek professional help. Don't wait on it. Don't let it fester. Um, you know, if you're listening to us and you're, and that kind of is you, you know, we're, we're not doctors on this show. Like if you need help, then get help. Um, we're here to kind of just give you the advice, give you the tools. Um, but that being said, you know, I think what helped me a lot was kind of taking an athletic approach to it. And, and what I mean by that is um, start with the easy things. You know, when I talked about earlier hitting that wall, the first, the first two changes that I made to kind of help me mentally were two physical things. It was sleep and food, sleep and nutrition. And so I think starting there, you know, if you're, you know, some of those symptoms of like anxiety, depression, it's, it's fatigue, it's um, kind of being tired, kind of being sleepy, reevaluate your sleep, reevaluate your nutrition, you know, see if that causes a change. And if it doesn't cause a change mentally, at least, you know, <laughs> you're eating and sleeping better. You know, there's always, that's, there's definitely a positive coming out of that. Um, and I think educating yourself a little bit is super important too. You know, there's all kinds of resources. Um, 
you can take like a diagnostic test, fill out a questionnaire to see, are you depressed? Are you anxious? And I think it's also understand that there's a lot of different types of mental health out there. Oh yeah. There's you know, there's over 1500 subcategories. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, people say mental health and they think depression, you know, it's kind of the first one you go to, but you know, James is going to, you know, when he's on his episode, he's going to talk about, you know, eating disorders and, um, sleeping disorders, exercise addiction, like, oh, yes. which is a real thing so nowadays. Many, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, but it's crazy when you do these tests because, you know, when you, when I first, you know, was brainstorming with this project, I decided, yeah, like I'll, I'll take one, you know, I, I wasn't really depressed, you know, I didn't feel anxious or anything like that. And I actually determined that I have like, I tested pretty closely for high functioning anxiety, which at the time I was like, that sounds made up. I don't think that's real. But it is. <laughs> and, it, and if, and it, and it, like I was reading the description, I'm like, Oh my God, like that's, that's so me. And, and, and basically what it is, is like, if I have like a bad day or like a bad training, I'll go home and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to plan my next four weeks out, my meals, my workouts, my meditations. I'm going to have a super specific plan. I'm going to add all this stuff in. I'm going to add a morning workout in. I'm going to add an evening workout in. Like I got to better myself and all this stuff. And, and it gets to the point where, you know, you, you can't follow it anymore. You just kind of burn yourself out. And I was like, wow, that is exactly my behaviors because <laughs> in my because in my head i'm just like yeah you know that's just i'm a hard worker and that's just kind of what i do and i'm like now that i kind of take that out of perspective i'm like yeah that's a little crazy it's kind of doesn't make any sense like you have one one bad game and you and you you know reevaluate everything in your life like yeah that's it's a little ridiculous so so i think you would be surprised at what what you might find if you take those tests. I think there's a lot of different types of mental illnesses out there. Um, and I think my last piece of advice is just have a conversation, you know, whether that's a family member, someone you really, really trust, your mom or dad, brother, sister, cousins. Maybe you have a teammate that you're really close with and, you, you know, you're feeling a little depressed one day, talk to them. Or if you're not really comfortable talking to somebody i think it's it's a good place to start to have a conversation with yourself and kind of just say take like you know take a look in the mirror and say yeah i'm kind of not feeling that great today because i think just pushing all those emotions away completely is not the answer and it is tough you know and um starting this podcast and starting this project with you guys we talk about mental health every day, you know, and I still, to this day, it's, it's difficult to talk about, you know, you guys will, we'll have a meeting. You'd be oh, hi adult. How you doing? And it's like, my brain just defaults. Like I'm fine. You know, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm an athlete. Like I got this, like, I'm, I'm going to be totally fine. I have a freaking you know, you know, still, beard. There's no way I can have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and that's just like, it's like hardwired in my brain. And I think that that, you know, it's, it's difficult. Even I'm do I'm, I'm doing this project to encourage people to talk and it's difficult for me to do it. And I think it, and it's, it just shows how important this is. Yeah. 
But I, I mean, that's I, for me, that's just like, wow, this is really important because it applies directly to myself. It applies, I mean, tons of athletes, I'm sure, are the same way. You know, it's like, hey, how are you doing? No, I'm good. I'm an athlete. I'm fine. It's okay to say, I'm not feeling good today. <laughs> like it's, that's a part of life. And yeah, so I think you got to be comfortable with yourself. So I think starting having that conversation with yourself, kind of figuring out how you feel with yourself and then branch out to people you really trust. And then eventually, you know, we have that goal of getting it to the point where it just becomes a part of athletics where it's comfortable for people to talk about it. Or it's not just your life on the court. It's taking care of it off the court. That's right. Awesome. I have a question, Dolph. Yes. Lay it on me. <laughs> um, hi, guys. I've been in the back seat, so I haven't really talked this whole time, but hello, I'm here. <laughs> um, what is something positive that has um, emerged from your experience, just, you know, all these crappy experiences happening to you? Um, is there something positive or even a good thing that emerged that probably wouldn't have happened had you not gone through these things? Yeah, so I think first one that I talked about a little bit before was having stuff to do in my free time. You know, I think that's a huge positive going from coming home and flip open the computer, find something to watch on Netflix, sit there for four hours, go to training again, rinse and repeat like every day. And now I come home from training, I'm like, I got like six or seven things that I could do. Like I could work on stuff for the podcast. I can listen to a different podcast. I can do my own research on health and fitness. I can practice playing the piano. I can read, I can, I can watch Netflix. I mean, I still do that a little bit. I'm, I'm human, you know? And I think, yeah, I come home every day and I'm, and I'm not stressed about sitting there watching TV. You know, I'm like, there's tons of stuff I can do. Um, then I think physically, especially going through these injuries this season is the realization that there's so many other ways to like get better at sports than whatever limitation you have because of an injury. You know, I started watching a ton more film started, you know, now that I have my ankle injury, I'm working out my upper body like twice a day, core twice a day, trying to like increase my, uh, hitting power, um, increase my like core strength and, yeah, so I think that's another positive is find those opportunities um, when you have an injury that there's other stuff that you can get better at. Like for, you know, I didn't have time to work out my upper body twice a day when I was training twice a day, you know. Now I have the time to do it, so might as well do it. I mean, it's going to make me better when I come back. So I think, yeah, I've discovered that there is a lot of ways to get better at what you want to do instead of just playing volleyball. You know, I can lift, I can stretch, I can do mobility, I can do recovery, I can change my nutrition, I can sleep better, I can watch film. There's so many ways to improve performance. Amen to that. Very well said, very, very well said. Well, Dalton, we just want to thank you so much for coming out and talking about your experiences and your story and everything we hope that our recovery is on track and speedy and you're going to be back back to good very very soon um 
thank you to everyone listening right now and everyone that's made it this far into the podcast. Uh, we hope that Dalton's story will help you in whatever you're dealing with. We hope that you can spread it to your friends that may be dealing with something very similar and have them listen to our podcast. That way they can educate themselves on, hey, you know what? This happens to professionals. This happens to everyone across the world and we all struggle through it. We all go through something, but together we can get better. Uh, if you have any questions, you know, we're starting our YouTube channel. So just shoot it to our email, our Instagram. We will be doing Q&A answers at least once a month, I would say. Um, that way we can totally attack your personal questions. We want this to become a community of everyone talking about it. Um, check out our Instagram for a couple updates on who's on the episode next week. Thank you very much, Dalton Solberg, for taking the time out of your busy day of improving yourself off the court to educate people on how they can improve themselves off the court. Dalton Solberg, everyone, professional volleyball player out of Germany. One of my ex-teammates at the University of Hawaii. Always great time talking to him. Thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's podcast.